Thank you for downloading and or streaming the newest episode of Recasted 2.0. I'm your host, Wayne G., and today's special guest is a host of the very popular sports podcast, Man Hour Radio, Brandon Combs. Thank you for joining the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Exciting that we got to do a, a baseball movie. I mean, I'm, I'm a baseball buff, and I know uh, you didn't really care for some of my picks, but, you know, I was excited to do this. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I actually put a lot more effort into this than I thought I would. Well, I'm glad you did. If you're new to the show, what we do here is we take movies that are at least 20 years old and we recast them with modern day actors and actresses. We then put the cast up on social media and you, the listener, get to vote on which cast you like better. What social media you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. So you can find us on Instagram at Recasted Podcast 8. You can find us on TikTok at Recasted Podcast. On Facebook at Recasted Podcast. You can join our Facebook public group. It's called All Things Movies where you can interact not just with us, but other podcasts as well. And you can visit our website, www.recastedpodcast.com, and pick up some merchandise there. But the place we are most interactive is on Twitter, at Recasted Podcast. That's where you're going to get to vote on all these casts. Brandon, I have been a guest on your show a number of times, but for those listeners who are hearing your voice for the first time, if they want to hear more of your voice, where can they find your show and where can they interact with you? Yeah, so you guys can interact with me mostly on Facebook, at ManHour, and we have the website, ManHourRadio.com. I'm also on ManHour Chicago. We are live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and we do a lot of sports stuff. And, and if you like talking sports, you like arguing about sports, we're definitely the show for you. We don't pull any punches, so if you're easily offended, this might not be the show for you. But check us out, manhourradio.com. You can check us out on Facebook, at ManHour. You can check me out on Twitter, at ManHour underscore Combs. And that's where you guys can catch me, so feel free to check us out. Definitely check out their live streams on YouTube and on Facebook. That's one of the areas where I go, even though I've been a guest on the show, there are times when I see you're talking about a topic, whether it's the Patriots or whatever, I'll start watching and then I find myself in like arguments in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then that's I get into, especially because I do the power rankings for the show. So I get into a lot of stuff with power rankings. Admittedly, sometimes I, you know, I might leave out a team that, you know, you could either put at 10 or 11, but if I know that their fan base is rabid, I'll, I'll kind of leave them out just to start an argument. But Cowboys fans are the most fun, whether you have them at one or you have them at 10 and no matter what their record is, they're going to argue with you about it. So it's, it's a lot of fun, but Facebook arguments are always the best. If you're tuning into this episode, you probably read the title already and you see that we are recasting the 1988 baseball film, Eight Men Out which is based on the real-life baseball scandal of the Chicago White Sox taking money to intentionally lose the 1919 World Series. Now, before we dive into our picks and our remake, Brandon, you chose this movie. What was it about this movie that you enjoyed? Why did you pick this particular film? I like movies that are really entertaining, and, and it doesn't always have to be like a flashy, out-there entertaining. It's just got to be something that grabs your attention, and this was a real-life scenario this this is a, something that happened the 1919 black Sox is something that is talked about in infamy in the baseball world right and for me this scandal in itself i've was really the first thing that brought me into chaos in sports that really because that's what draws me to sports really is the chaos in sports i love chaos and when i first heard about this i was actually in high school i did a report about it and I watched this movie and I was in it 
from the beginning and the whole thing with with shoeless joe jackson and him not being in the hall of fame even though he really wasn't a part of this whole scandal according to everything i've ever seen everything i've ever read he was an unwilling participant in this and kind of got screwed out of the whole thing but they did a great job in this movie of really portraying the scandal and how it was brought to light and and all of the scandal that you know either is or may not still be in sports i kind of think it is but that's what really draws me to this movie that's the big appeal to me well the thing about joe jackson is that he did take money from the gamblers but it just he hit 400 for the world series he hit a home run it was the only series home run so you couldn't tell that he was trying to throw it if he was (laughs) the one person who i do feel bad for is buck weaver who in this movie was cast john cusack played him He actually didn't take any money and he didn't try to lose, but because he knew that other people were, that's why he got banned. Yeah, this movie does portray that that Shoeless Joe did take some of the money. Everything else other than this movie that I've read about Joe Jackson was that he had no idea about this. And Joe Jackson is one of those guys that had it not been for the 1919 scandal and him being held out of everything. He's that player that nobody really knows about because he's that guy that you could talk about in the same ilk of a Babe Ruth. You know, you could talk with him in the same ilk of other guys out there that have been greats of this game. And his name is just never mentioned because of this scandal, because nobody really knows anything about him, because nobody ever really talks about him. Well, allegedly, Babe Ruth copied his swing because he had such a nice swing. Yeah, uh, uh, allegedly. He also allegedly called his shot in the World Series at Wrigley Field. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I I wasn't there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not that old. Because you are a big baseball guy, I did want to ask you this, because obviously in the wake of the steroids scandal, people talking about asterisk. I want to put an asterisk next to his name, or I want to put an asterisk next to that record. Personally, I hate asterisks in sports. I don't think they belong anywhere in sports. But if they did belong somewhere, I think it would be the Reds World Series championship because the other team was trying to lose on purpose. So, you know, the steroid scandal is near and dear to my heart. It's something that riles me up. It's something that gets me heated every time that I talk about it. So it's a good move there, getting me to talk about the scandal. But I kind of don't disagree with you, but I kind of, we play a game on our show called Way or No Way, and we always answer Way or No Way, but Wayne has a way of going kind of way. So I'm going to give you a kind of way here, right? Because I also believe there should be an asterisk with the 2017 Houston Astros. I think there are different levels to cheating. One, the steroid era was an entire era, and I don't believe that there wasn't one player that was playing at that level that wasn't using. For whatever reason it was, I don't believe there's any player in that era that wasn't using. For these two particular cases, I think it was a vast minority of people that were actually cheating the way that they were cheating at the level that they were cheating. So for me, I I kind of agree with you there. If there is going to be an asterisk, the, the, the Reds of 1919 and the, the Houston Astros of 2017 fit that bill. Is this the best movie about Shoeless Joe? Yes. Blasphemy. And the reason why I'm, is because I've never seen any other movie about Shoeless Joe, actually. Field of Dreams. Well, yeah, but Field of Dreams was more about the love of baseball. I don't think that that was as much about Shoeless Joe as much as it was about the love of the game itself. So if, remember when he built the baseball field and Albert Pujols showed up? <laughs> well, I get what you're saying there. I get what you're saying, but it wasn't just Shula. I mean, 
I, I get it. I get what you're saying. That's why the White Sox played in the in the Field of Dreams game, the first Field of Dreams game anyway, which they should have just stopped at one, by the way. But I get what you're saying, but I I just, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was a uh, a movie about Shoeless Joe, but I, hey, a lot of people don't feel like Die Hard's a Christmas movie, so... Well, I'll get into that in my mailbag episode that comes out. Actually, (laughs) when this is airing, the mailbag episode has already come out. So my take on Die Hard was that I've always said it's not a Christmas movie and we get into these big debates with people. And then finally, what I came to is a realization. And this is this is the only truth about whether or not it's a Christmas movie. There is no other truth. So nobody else should argue on it. And this is the truth. And it is to some people it is and to some people it's not the end. It takes place on Christmas. But it, it's like saying the greatest basketball player of all time, right? What criteria are you going to use? What criteria am I going to use? The criteria I use for a Christmas movie is obviously the different criteria than you use. My criteria, Die Hard's not, neither is Home Alone, but Gremlins is. Oh my God, Home Alone? Yeah, Home Alone. Home Alone is absolutely a Christmas. Oh, okay, we're we're gonna have to have a whole other episode of. So keep going here's with my this. criteria. This is my criteria, <laughs> and and again, it doesn't have to be your criteria. You can have your own. Right. This is my criteria, which is the movie either A has to be about Christmas, or B be about a Christmas element. So I'll give you an example. Elf, for example, with with Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. is not actually about Christmas. It's about a guy trying to reconnect with his dad. But it's about a Christmas elf. Therefore, since it's about a Christmas element, it is a Christmas movie. So like, so then you could basically say that about any Christmas. Like, the, the Grinch is not a Christmas movie. It's a movie about a grumpy old man that lives in the mountains that's all green and has weird fingers and hair. Like you could, but that's not what it's about. Really it's, not, it's not a biopic on the Grinch. It's actually a movie about a guy who hates Christmas. So it's about Christmas. Okay. All right. I'll give you that one. It is called The Grinch. But Home Alone is not about Christmas. Home Alone is about a kid who got left home by himself, and he's trying to stop burglars from breaking into his house. And it's not about a Christmas element. There's, it's not about Santa Claus. It's not about elves. It's not about Christmas trees. So therefore, Home Alone doesn't fit my Has criteria. Has there ever been a more loved case of child neglect than there was <laughs> with Home Alone? I mean, they, they literally forgot a kid at home while they all went on vacation. And then did it again the next year, the same kid. You think yeah. they would have double-checked that one kid? <laughs> Just, I mean, just gross neglect on the parents' part. And everybody loves the movies. Everybody talks about them and watches them every Christmas. Hey, let's watch this kid get abandoned by his family. (laughs) The last question I have for you is, are you ready to recast Eight Men Out? I am ready. All right, let's do it. Now, we are talking about Eight Men Out, 1988, and I do have to say, before we get into a pick-by-pick and we go through our own things on these picks, Mm -hmm. my overall view of Brandon's picks is that Brandon has just cast the worst cast in the history of Recasted (laughs) for any movie ever. And it's not his fault. Wow. It's not his fault. Here's here's what happened, And, and Brandon can probably try to defend himself and say this didn't happen, but I know what happened. First thing that happened is Brandon said, hey, let's do Eight Men Out. And then he messaged me and he said, have you seen that one? And I was like, buddy, if you've seen it, I've seen it 10 times. There's no baseball movie you've seen more than me. Secondly, 
He has not seen it in probably 20 years, but he remembers that he really liked it. And he didn't go back and rewatch it before doing the recast, so he didn't remember who all the actors or who all the characters were. And so then he went on Google and he typed in, who's an actor in Hollywood today? And he wrote down the first eight names that came up. (laughs) And that's how he got his cast. Okay. All right. I mean, look, your cast, I'm not going to dog it as much, you know, although I do feel like your wife helped you with this cast because half of your cast (laughs) came from Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, Magic Mike, and Fifty Shades of Grey. So I I know either either A, your wife helped you with it, or you really like movies where guys take their shirts off. I don't know which one it is. It is definitely B. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Let's get it going. Okay, first things first, we're going to start off with the director. So the director of this film was John Sayles. And John Sayles, not only did he direct this movie, he had a small part in it. Outside of this movie, he hasn't really done a whole lot of films. But obviously, director sets the tone for the entire movie. So what sort of tone are you looking to set with your movie? And what director did you pick to achieve that? So for me, what I'm like, the tone that I'm trying to set is just a serious tone of love of the game because that's what the the 1919 Black Sox scandal and Shoeless Joe Jackson and some of these players that were involved that weren't actually involved like like the Reds right they didn't know the team was trying to blow the game but you want to put an asterisk next to their name so for me I want to put some serious side of this I want there to be somebody who can go out there and really make this thing and and bring it home as far as feeling what everybody else was feeling during that time and actually putting, you know, maybe their own spin on, on what had happened. So I, that's why I went with uh, my guy. Who is your guy? Oh, I'm sorry. So David, Fe- I wasn't sure if we were telling people I went with, I went with David Fincher. <laughs> no, it's called um, guess who we recasted. It's not called recasted. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, I went with David Fincher. I like a lot of the, the stuff that he's done. Uh, he directed Seven, Zodiac, Gone Girl, Social Network. And for me, he is a guy who can get inside of people's minds and really bring home. He can really make you feel what you're watching. There's a, a TV series that he went out there. I don't know. Not a lot of people have seen it. You might have. You probably seen it because you watch everything ever known to movies ever in the history of movies, at least from what I know of you and when I talk to you. But Mindhunter, if you haven't seen that series, uh, I believe you can find it on Netflix. That series is amazing. And I really like those types of guys that can get into your head, kind of make you feel what you're watching, and sometimes maybe even bring you an element of surprise. Now, in a story like this, there's not really going to be that element of surprise because it is based off of a true story. And there could be a spin on it. Maybe David Fincher is one of those guys who doesn't believe Joe Jackson did cheat, so maybe he spins that one a little bit differently. It's a movie, so you can do all sorts of different things. But for me, David Fincher was the guy here. At the end of your movie, is Joe Jackson's head in a box? <laughs> What's the box? No, but there might be cash from, you know. <laughs> and we should get a what's in the box. And it's actually a pile of cash. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I really like David Fincher. I like a lot of his work. Uh, he's been great. And no sports movies really on his resume, but I really do like the way that he directs. I like the appeal that he brings in everything that I've ever watched him do. He keeps you engaged in every single movie that he directs. So that's why I like this guy. 
was definitely more established than the guy I went with. I went with Brian Helgeland here, and Brian Helgeland directed 42, the Jackie Robinson movie with Chadwick Boseman. And I really felt like he did such a phenomenal job with that film. I felt like I was back there in real life. I felt the sliding. I felt the contact of the bat. It just felt like I was there and I was watching it live. And I wanted that for this movie because as much as I like Eight Men Out, it is still a little bit Hollywood glazed over when you watch it. And I wanted something that had less glaze. And I felt like Brian Hilgeland could go in, give it the 42 treatment, and we could get a really gritty Eight Men Out. Yeah, no, I and I can't. I'm not going to to lambaste yours like you're going to lambaste mine. But I really do like your director. I thought that it was a phenomenal choice. Forty two was such a great movie. I mean, I had my kids sit down with me and watch that movie just to show them the power. Because for me, Jackie Robinson is one of those guys. If I could inter- interview one athlete, dead or alive. And I could interview that one athlete. It would be Jackie Robinson. So I can't even fault your your choice here because that was that was a great movie. He did a great job with that movie. I think he would do a phenomenal job with this movie as well. Yeah. Sometimes on the show we're going to like each other's picks. Sometimes we're not. We'll get into some of those. So <laughs> let's kick things off with the first baseball player that we're recasting here, which is Swede Risberg. Now he was played by Don Harvey in Eight Men Out. And he's a bit of a small character actor, never really did a starring role before. He's got a handful of lines in this movie, but he comes across as a real douchebag. He really manipulates Joe in one scene when he's trying to get him to take the money. And he's got kind of a punchable face. So the (laughs) things I was looking for was who comes across as a douche and has a punchable face. And I went with a 25-year-old actor because Swede Risberg was actually 25 years old when this happened in real life. So I went with a 25-year-old actor. I went with Brandon Butler. Uh, He's in a little bit of TV. Hasn't really broken out on the big screen, but neither had Harvey when he did this film. Uh, He's been in SEAL Team, Trinkets. He was Scott Reed in 13 Reasons Why. If you see this guy, you'll see the face. You'll know exactly why I cast him. And then when you watch these shows, you'll be like, yep, he's definitely a a bro douche, one of those college bro douches. We know who they are. Yeah, so, you know... (laughs) It's funny that you said that because when I did this as well, I also said, you know what? I need to find somebody who I really want to punch in the face because that's that's exactly what I said to myself about this role. And I picked Will Poulter. And for me, he's always going to be the geeky kid from Where the Millers, right? He's never for me going to be a guy I can ever take seriously, even though they've tried with him. You know, he Chronicles of Narnia. He, he's also another geeky kid. But then they tried with going serious with Maze Runner. The movie was at uh, Detroit that he was in. I just want to punch him in the face every time I see him, though. And so that's that's really the only reason why I picked Will Poulter, because he he is one of those guys that I could see being a douchebag who turns his back on his friends just to for monetary gain and that's why i went with will poulter so i like will poulter as an actor and i loved him in dope sick he was in that recently the hulu original about the oxycontin fantastic in that i haven't seen that yet he's going to be in guardians of the galaxy 3 he's gonna be adam warlock he's you know jacked now so he's gonna be playing that role the thing that i'm i don't like about this pick is not the actor because like i said i like the actor Will Poulter is a shooting star in Hollywood right now. Like he is an up and coming like Timothy Chalamet, like one of the big stars, a guy who's going to dominate Hollywood for the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. And you just picked him for a role that has five lines. Like why is Will Poulter signing up to do this movie? 
I picked him for a scene that has five lines because I just want to punch him in the face every time I see him. <laughs> like that's why. Look, this isn't you know. What, does Will Poulter get a choice? No, we didn't. You didn't tell me that it was going to be an actor who gets a choice to be in the movie. Uh, my whole script might be different because I don't think any of these guys might do this movie. But <laughs> Will Poulter didn't have a choice in my screen. I wanted a guy that I could punch in the face. You're not an actor, so I chose Will Poulter. Well, and I think it's funny, too, because Polly Shore apparently is busy, but Will Poulter, <laughs> he had some free time. <laughs> He's way too old to play this role, sir. <laughs> that That's why. That's why he wouldn't fit. Uh, <laughs> so well, let's get into the next role here in this film. And this is going to be the head gambler, which is Arnold Rothstein. Now, Arnold Rothstein in this movie was portrayed by Michael Lerner. So if you've seen the movie Elf, we talked about it earlier. He's the guy that's like James Caan's boss. It's like a douche and like talks bad to his kid, whatever. Michael Lerner kind of always plays that type of character. The real Arnold Rothstein was like the godfather of the American mafia. Like he started it like Lucky Luciano worked for him at one point. So he's a very bad man, and he is somebody that you do not want to mess with. If he gives you money to throw the series, you throw the series, or bad things are going to happen to you and your family. So in thinking about this film, thinking about the original actor, thinking about who Arnold Rothstein was for real, what were your thoughts with this role, and who did you end up going with? So I really wanted somebody that could play that part, right? That you do this, or I'm going to tear your head off. And... To me, Mark Wahlberg plays a character unlike anybody else. He is one of my favorite actors of all time, is Mark Wahlberg. And he's played some really good roles as like that, that badass gangster, movies like Four Brothers. This guy, to me, Mark Wahlberg, would fit this role perfectly. I know he's not as old as the guy that you picked, but I like Mark Wahlberg in this role. I think he would nail this role. So I actually think that you did a good job age-wise because Arnold Rothstein in real life was like 40 when this all happened. So I picked an actor who's a lot older because the original actor in the movie was a lot older or looked a lot older. So I was trying to keep with that theme. So your actor is really more true to the age. But my issue with Mark Wahlberg really is that, like I said, this is a guy who's scary, who you're afraid of. Like, even if he's quiet, you start to shake because like, I don't know what he's going to do. And you picked a guy who's kind of funny i mean anytime i've watched mark Wahlberg try to be tough i laugh i'm like is this a serious movie or a comedy like i watched italian job and he's confronting edward norton and i'm like he apparently hasn't seen american history x or he knows what's about to happen but you've never seen like the fighter or the departed or i don't know i'm trying to think of all these movies that he played that serious badass role like i said four brothers was another one shooter was another one mile 22 like you didn't like him in the those roles he plays them but not convincingly you didn't think he was convincing in any of those roles none of them mark Wahlberg's a clown so th then we look at those those movies very differently because i thought i think he's a very good badass in a lot of those movies four brothers one of my favorite movies of all time I'll watch it anytime it's on. You know, a lot of people watch a Christmas story over and over and over again. Whenever Four Brothers is on TNT on loop, I'll sit there and watch Four Brothers a couple of times because I love that movie. He plays a very good badass in that movie. The uh, was a shooter, Mile 22. Both of those, he is very good. And then obviously, I mean, The Departed. I mean, it's a classic. It's a classic. 
Now, look, I, you could go you could go the, the way that you go with a lot of yours, and I, I see some of your actors, so I know the type of movie you like. He played in Boogie Nights? You didn't, you didn't like seeing him in, <laughs> okay. in Boogie Nights? <laughs> Why would that be what convinces me? Oh, you know what? Actually, that's that's an amazing pick now that yeah. I think about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I looked at some of the other guys. Like I said, you know, you got some Magic Mike guys. You got some guys who take their clothes off. I figured Mark Wahlberg would be perfect for you. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> We'll get into my pick, which is an actual actor, somebody who's actually. Oh, uh, my God. And now he is a little bit older than Arnold Rothstein was in real life. But again, I'm basing this off of the original actor in the original film. And I went with Dustin Hoffman, who obviously can do anything. He's a multiple Academy Award winner. He's unbelievable. And I've seen him in roles where he is intimidating, even just. And what I'm talking about is that silence, that intimidating silence when you walk into the room and you're like, please say something. Because I just feel like, oh, I feel like something bad is going to happen. And I feel like if Dustin Hoffman gives you money to throw the game and you don't do it, like he's scary. So I hope that Mark Wahlberg hears this at some point, And I hope he kicks your ass when he sees you. Because you just said, I picked an actual actor. Now look, Dustin Hoffman is a phenomenal actor. Maybe he would nail this part. But when, when I look at guys like Dustin Hoffman, I think of Rain Man. I think of The Graduate. I think of the in Kung Fu Panda as the the master, uh, whatever he is, Master Shifu. Master Shifu. We're not gonna like degrade Kung Fu Panda. I'm not gonna degrade Kung Fu Panda, but that's that's what I think. If you're telling me that you don't think of my guy as a badass, I think of your guy in in either a he's playing an incredible part, by the way, in Rain Man. But Rain Man doesn't exactly scream tough. Master Shifu. Does not exactly scream tough to me. And you're going to dog Mark freaking Wahlberg? That's it. I'm going to Wahlbergers tomorrow, and I'm telling him what you said. Oh, good. I'll, I'll bring Master Shifu, and he'll be toast. I'll have the shits after, because Wahlbergers is gross. <laughs> the next actor that we're going to recast here, this is actually a character named Chick Gendel. He was the second baseman, I believe, for the team, and he was the purported ringleader of the scandal. He was 31 years old at the time. He was played in the film by Michael Rooker, who you guys would know as How- uh, Rowdy Burns on Days of Thunder, probably most famous for being Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy, and he played Chick Gandal. And so when I was casting this role, I wanted somebody rough, gruff, the kind of guy that you wouldn't want to tangle with in a bar. So I went with a 32-year-old actor who starred in a movie that I thought desperately deserved a sequel. And that was I Am Number Four, and I'm talking about Alex Pettifer. Uh, he's also been in Out of Time with Justin Timberlake. He was in Magic Mike with Channing Tatum. I think he would slide into this role perfectly. He's got that gruffness about him, and he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, I really can't uh, can't fault you there either. I mean, it's it's a good pick. I know you're probably not happy with my pick either because for whatever reason, you think all of my actors are terrible, including Mark Wahlberg. But in this sense, too, because he is the ringleader, I wanted the same thing. I wanted somebody who was tough, somebody who I would believe could be that guy, could be the ringleader, could be the guy that runs this whole thing and everybody listens to. And so that's why I went with Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy plays incredible roles just like this. Uh, He played Fonz and Capone. He played in Peaky Blinders as uh, Alfie Solomons and... Venom, obviously, another really good movie. You know, he's got these types of movies, Mad Max, that type of stuff. He, he's he's a bona fide tough guy. He's a great actor. And so that's why I went with Tom Hardy in this role. I would dial it down on the Venom being a good movie. Talks around these parts. Oh it is not a great movie at, by any stretch. 
But that said, listen, I love Tom Hardy, and I think Alfie Simmons is one of the greatest characters in TV history. He's unbelievable in Peaky Blinders. Yes. And obviously, I loved him as Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. I thought that actually, if Heath Ledger, I mean, he crushed that role, but Bane and Tom Hardy, I think, was so close to just as good as Heath Ledger as the Joker. I mean, he was unbelievable as Bane, and I thought he'd be great there. Anything he's in, I like. Uh, I think again, it's a little bit of an overshot in terms of the you know how big of an actor he is for how small of a role this is going to be. But you think this is a small role? Chick Gandalf was a smaller role in the film. I mean, it's not a small role in history, but it was a smaller role in the film. And so I think that it is a little bit smaller. But I do love Tom Hardy. I do honestly think that Tom Hardy would crush this role. Okay. Finally, you like one of my picks. Finally. You're okay with one of my picks. Now let's go back to you bashing me once we pick the next guy. <laughs> I was say more like kind of way. <laughs> hey, look, you know, I, I, man, I dude, I hope Mark Wahlberg has Donnie record it when he whoops your ass. Now every good team deserves a good manager. This team was managed by a guy named Kid Gleason, who was 56 years old at the time. In the film, he's portrayed by John Mahoney, who we know as Frazier's dad from the show Frazier. He was also in Striking Distance with Bruce Willis. And I'm thinking, talk to me a little bit about this character, the manager, and you know, what sort of traits were you looking for, and who do you end up going with here? So I was looking for a guy who is somebody who could play a role of kind of an unwitting scumbag. That's kind of how I felt about the manager of the 1919 White Sox, and that's how I felt about the role in this movie. And so that's also how I feel about this actor, and that's Jake Gyllenhaal. I think that Jake Gyllenhaal would nail this part down. I think he would make a great manager in this role. I liked him in a lot of the stuff that he's done. The Donnie Darko, probably your favorite movie, Brokeback Mountain. He was good in, you know, Saturday Night Live, Spider-Man. The guy's played in so many different roles. Ambulance was his latest one that I've seen that, to me, just kept me captivated watching the entire film. So I, I think Jake Gyllenhaal play a perfect role here. And I will say, I'm not embarrassed to like Brokeback Mountain because it was actually a really good movie. And I think Jake Gyllenhaal was phenomenal in it. And so I think that he deserved an Academy Award nomination for it. Mm. However, that's... What was your favorite part? The tent? Or... Actually, I think my favorite part was when Heath Ledger goes to Jake Gyllenhaal's parents' house. This is after Jake Gyllenhaal's died. And he's kind of going through his bedroom and he's like looking at his stuff. It was very uh, emotional. I've never actually seen the movie. So I'll take your word on that. I, I really haven't seen the movie. I've heard it's a great movie. I've just never seen it. I've never sat down and been like, hey, you know what I want to watch tonight? Brokeback Mountain. I saw it because that particular year, I wanted to watch every movie that was nominated for an Academy Award. Okay. And I was not impressed with any of them. And that was the year it was. If somebody said, hey, let's watch a movie tonight, and they threw on Brokeback, I would actually sit down and watch it. I've watched Magic Mike. I've watched those those types of, like, it doesn't bother me at all. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. It doesn't matter what the film is about. As long as it's a good movie, I'll sit down and watch it. So I don't know if you ever saw the Louis C.K. talks about his favorite part of Magic Mike. He said, uh, I actually have a favorite part of Magic Mike. He goes, it's a really good movie. It's made by Steven Soderbergh, a great director. He goes, uh, but there's the one scene in the, in the movie that I, I love. He goes, is Matthew McConaughey comes out and he's got on like leather pants and he goes, uh, the law says you cannot touch. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, a, that was a good one. Um, yeah, that they, that was a, that was another star-studded. Like I really liked all the actors in that movie too. 
All right, where were we actually? Now I've got lost. Uh, <laughs> now you're all flustered. I'm, Look at us. I am. I'm picturing Matthew McConaughey <laughs> with his shirt off. <laughs> all right, so we went with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as the manager, Kid Gleason, and uh, I just think he's a little too young, personally. I mean, again, like I said, the real life guy was 56. Fraser's dad plays the role in the movie. I actually didn't think he, you said he came across as a douchebag. I actually think he came across as a very caring manager. He's not one of the people who knew about it. In fact, he didn't get barred. It was eight players. He didn't get barred from it because he had no knowledge of everything that was going on. Mm. But the scene in the courtroom when he's like, they're asking him, do you think your guys cheated? And he goes, I'll tell you what I think. I think this is the best group of ballplayers I've ever seen in my life. He's just very heartfelt and he seemed kind of like a dad figure. So I, I actually really liked him. And when I was casting this role, I went with somebody who was about the right age, unlike some other people on the show today. And I went with Saul Goodman, who is Bob Odenkirk, plays Saul in Better Call Saul. And he's a, a, a tremendous actor. Obviously, he was in Mr. Nobody. He used to be a writer on Saturday Night Live. He was on Second City. So he's a, he's a comedic actor by trait. But obviously, if you watched Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad, he's very dramatic in that. And I can picture him being kind of like that warm father figure to this team. You know, I wanted to bash you for this pick, and I was trying to find reasons to bash you for this pick. I just couldn't. This is a very good pick. Everything that I've ever watched Bob Odenkirk in has been really, really good. His part is always right on point, so I, I can't even bash I mean, Better Call Saul, one of the greatest TV series of all time. So I, I'm with you on this one. I, I didn't think it was a bad pick at all. Have you seen Mr. Nobody? I have not seen Mr. Nobody. So I was late to it because I kept seeing the cover pop up like on my Netflix, whatever. I'd see like the cover and I'm like, nah, it doesn't look like something I want to watch. And I was late to it. But when I watched it, it was so good. Basically, it's like he's like a John Wick in this. He goes on like a killing spree. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll check it out then. I, I like I've heard I've seen like you said, when I like I'll go on Netflix or Hulu or whatever it is. And I will see the the cover for it. And it's got like all the hands punching them in the face, right? Is that what yeah. that? Yeah. So I, yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to check that out. Now the star pitcher on this team was a guy named Eddie Seacott played by an amazing actor named David Straithairn. Now David Straithairn, he's in a league of their own. He's the guy that works for Walter Harvey and kind of talks to Tom Hanks. He's like, I love that move in the seventh inning when you scratched your balls for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> So he's also in The Firm with Tom Cruise. He plays Tom Cruise's older brother. He's a tremendous, tremendous actor. The real player was 35 at the time he looked it in this film. He's one of the older players on the team. He's the team captain. And he's the first guy that takes money. So everyone kind of follows his lead because he's like, they're like, oh, if Eddie's in, then we're all in. you know. And he kind of takes money to lose. And I really felt for his character because the reason he took the money is because Comiskey, who's, you know, I'm sure, notoriously cheap was supposed to give him a bonus for winning 30 games that year. Well, he won 29 games. And he said to, to Comiskey, he's like, listen, you benched me for three weeks in the middle of the season. Like, I would have won one of those starts. And Comiskey was like, well, we had to save you for the playoffs, Eddie. He's like, I just think you should do the right thing. I mean, I, I won 29 games. I should have won 30. And he looks at him and goes, 29 is not 30, Eddie. <laughs> And so that's why he ends up taking the money because Comiskey was a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I get, I, I know exactly what you did there with your little preface about how he's thirty five and he looks thirty five in the movie. <laughs> but before you ransack my pick, let me be clear that they have makeup artists <laughs> in Hollywood. Okay, they can make people look older than what they are. 
I went with an actor who I thought could actually play the part. I went with an actor who I felt is another up-and-coming star in Hollywood. I, I feel like he would nail this role. And, and I, I don't know. I just I felt like this is a the type of guy you could connect with in the role that he's playing. So I went with Joe Keery. Uh, I really like Joe Keery. I know a, a lot of people are out there right now listening. So, oh, my God, the kid looks like he's 12. I, I get it. Okay, but first of all, I believe he's like 26 or 27. Maybe I, I, mean, I could be wrong. He could be younger than that. But I loved him in Stranger Things. He was very good in Molly's game. The TV series Fargo. He was in that movie um, Free Guy. So I like him. I like him as an actor. I think he can play multiple parts. I think he can do the funny. I think he can do the serious. And... I really think that he would nail this role. So that's why I went with Joe Keery. Go ahead and tell me why he's too young for this role. Oh, I like what you did there. It's kind of like an eight mile when Eminem's like, here's all the things about me, <laughs> but I'm still going to bring them all up. <laughs> yes. He's 14 years old. and He's playing the team captain. He is so, not 14. Listen, you understand that we were recasting eight men out and not Goonies, right? We're not recasting a, a child movie. <sighs> First of all, he was born, I think he, what is he, 30, isn't he? He's not 30. I think he, I think he might be 24 or 25. No, Joe Keery is definitely, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, please Joe do. Joe Keery was born on April 24th, 1992. Really? Yes. Okay, well, it's a, ha. it doesn't change the fact. Ha! Oh, I, I stand corrected. He looks like a grizzled vet. <laughs> but what I'm saying is he could grow out some facial hair. He can make himself look like he's 30. You know, like there's, it's, it's Hollywood. You're acting like, like, you know, I know the guys that I picked are young, but they're not like, you know, they're, they're not so young. They can't play the role. See, you're starting to sound like Jesse. Now you're like, yeah, he could grow out some facial hair. Like he's never done it in his 30 years of living, but he could do it. (laughs) Wait, who, who's Jesse? (laughs) The listeners know who Jesse is. Let's get into a real pick here for a second. (laughs) So the guy that I picked was in another show that I was late to the game on because I, I thought it looked stupid and I didn't really want to watch it. And that is Superman and Lois. And then I started watching it and ended up like binging the entire first season because it was unbelievable. It was so good. And now I think they're in like the third season. But I went with a guy that plays Superman. His name is Tyler Hulkin. And basically, he's been a lot on television. He's been in Teen Wolf. He was in the Teen Wolf TV movie. But really, obviously, you could picture him as Superman from Superman and Lois. And he's the right age. He's 35. He would play that role. He looks like he's 35 and not 17. So I think that this is a, a really good pick here for me. Yeah, of course you think it's a good pick for you. <laughs> however, however, I'm going to argue with you a little bit on this one. You asked me before about like how are some of my guys going to take on a role like this. This guy played Superman, and now you want him to play Eddie Seacoat? It's not Henry Cavill. He, he didn't play Superman in the movie. Well, no, but I mean, the guy still was playing Clark Kent. Like, I mean, don't you? Do you know who, do, do you know who Grant Gustin is? Yes. Who? I don't know. I was trying to sound cool. <laughs> okay. He plays the Flash, but that's my point. He plays the Flash on television, and nobody knows who he is because it's on television. <laughs> this guy plays Superman on TV, not in the movies. Henry Cavill, first of all, he would take this part because this is one of the two biggest parts in the friggin' movie, not the part with one line. But anyways, Tyler Hawkins not as big of a star as Henry Cavill, and he's not as big a star as you're thinking when you think of Superman. He, w- he was good in the rope to perdition, I'll give you that, but... I don't know. I don't know if I like him in this role, but I mean, I, I'm not tearing yours apart like you're tearing mine apart. I just wanted to come at you a little bit there. 
Yeah, no, you came at me with no ammunition, just like the whole diehard argument. Yeah. Well, now let's see if we tear each other apart on this one. Oh, I'm definitely coming after you on this one. So the next role is obviously the title character. The one, not the title character. There's one role that's bigger than this, but this is the guy we were just talking about at the beginning of the show, Shoeless Joe Jackson. In the film, he's portrayed by D.B. Sweeney, who was also in The Cutting Edge, Heaven is a Playground. Really, really good actor. And you would know him if you've seen him. He's one of those guys that you won't know the name D.B. Sweeney, but when you see him, you go, oh, that guy. So you know who he is. And he played Joe Jackson. He did a wonderful job. Joe is 32 years old in real life when the scandal hit and he got banned for the rest of his career. And I ended up going with an actor who is about 27, but definitely can play 32. He's six foot four. He's jacked to the tits because, as I mentioned earlier, he's going to be playing Adam Warlock in the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yes, I went with Will Poulter as Shoeless Joe Jackson. Another fun note. I actually looked this up before I cast him left handed. I don't know how much more I could hate you than I do. right now. <laughs> Look. You keep prefacing the age thing, and you keep going with the age thing. And yes, there are a couple actors in here that I picked that are a little bit younger than the characters themselves are. But again, this is Hollywood. There is makeup. There is you know all sorts of things that they can do to make them look you know what maybe six years older than what they are. I mean, cheese and crow. How old was Brad Pitt when he played a ninety-two year old guy? Like he he was like twenty-four. So I, I don't even want to hear it. Anyway, I went with Tom Holland. I went with Tom Holland. I really like a lot of stuff that he's in. Spider-Man movies, uh, Uncharted. You know, he's also doing the voice of Fortnite. So you got to have that. I really like Tom Holland a lot. I think that he would nail this role. Now you're talking about, you know, Will Poulter and he's jacked and he's, he's, he's this and he's that. That is not something that, that anybody knows Shoeless Joe Jackson for. So I don't know why that's relevant to the part of Shoeless Joe Jackson. Shoeless Joe Jackson was actually not Jack. Shoeless Joe Jackson was tall and slender. So to me, Tom Holland is the guy that I would pick to play this part. I see what you're saying. So <laughs> these two guys walk into a 7-Eleven. Yep. They both pick up a Red Bull. Which one is the cashier going to card? <laughs> first of all, first of all, again, this is a kid. Uh, Tom Holland is, I believe he's 20. 26, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know that he can't play. What was Shoeless Joe Jackson at the time? 32? 31. All right, so 31. So he's five years older than what he is. I don't think that you'll you'll see that big of a difference, especially, again, after makeup, after a special effect. Like, you're not going to look at him and be like, God, I can't believe that that guy played a guy who's five years older than what he is. Yes, Tom Holland looks young, but... A lot of the roles that he's playing, he's supposed to look young. So throw some dirt on his face, make him look a little bit more scruffy, and he can be Shoeless Joe Jackson. And he would play a great part because he's a phenomenal actor. So the reason he looks young is because the roles that he plays, he has to look young. So he's chosen not to age. But if you tell him you got to play a 31-year-old... He'll age. It's cool. Like he's a method actor. <laughs> Look, I mean, yeah, you know, maybe he'll go start smoking cigarettes like three packs a day for about a year and a half until the role comes out. And then, you know, he'll look his age. But leave me alone. God. Then he's still going to be a five foot three Joe Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is all because I school you. And every time you're on my show, isn't that? That's why you're tearing me apart right now. No, I think it's hilarious. I actually expected you to come prepared. So, 
So the last rule. I figured I'd make you feel like you were back with your old partner. (laughs) The last rule we're going to (laughs) recast. I actually can already say I won't have anything bad to say about your pick. But who did you go with for Buck Weaver, who was originally played by John Cusack in this film? Obviously, we all know who John Cusack is. Runaway Jury, Say Anything. And he was great in this film, too, as Buck. I really liked him a lot. Uh, But who did you go with for Buck Weaver? So I went with my guy. So I love the Mad Max movie. I love all of them. I've I've seen even the older ones. I love all the Mad Maxes. It's something that I love. And I went with a guy who I felt played the best part in the newest one, Fury Road, which was Nux. And that is uh, portrayed by Nicholas Holt. This guy is just, I mean, he is ridiculously good. Everything that he plays, he nails. To me, that's what this part needed to be. And that's why I went with Nicholas Holt here. And I mean, I know you're going to bash me because of your pick, but that's why I went with Nicholas Holt. So I actually really love Nicholas Holt as well. I actually <laughs> love Jack the Giant Slayer. Yeah. I actually like, I think he's in Bridgerton or one of those shows like that. He's obviously, he's Beast in uh, the new X-Men movies. He plays yeah. Young Beast. Yep. He's really, really good in everything. He's another up and coming superstar. Perfect role for him. The leading role in this film. And as we've talked about throughout the film or throughout this recording, I'm not ashamed to admit that he's easy on the eyes. He's a good looking guy. And I think that John Cusack was a good looking guy. We know you love those. Hopefully he takes his shirt off in the movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that's a great pick, obviously, because I picked the same exact guy. We both went with Nicholas Holt on this one. And as much as I hated Brandon's cast and I was crapping on it all week to everybody I talked to, I said, I don't know how we picked the same person for one of these roles. <laughs> <laughs> look i think that my my cast is very good i bet that when you post this i get more likes than you do you want to put a bet on that absolutely i'll put a bet what do you want to bet all right we gotta bet something with the two shows right like you gotta come on the show wearing like i don't know something like maybe a barry bonds did steroids t-shirt or something <laughs> you've got he did though so <laughs> i don't mind i just don't mind that he did <laughs> yeah, we gotta do something that that I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll come up with some sort of bet, and we'll do something. I'll come out and do do another movie and let you destroy me in the movie. All right. Yeah, we'll figure this one out. We'll figure out what the bet's going to be. Everybody, listen. Obviously, you're listening to the episode. Go on social media. I'm going to have the cast side by side. I'll try to use the newest pictures of Brandon's cast. So at least they will have aged four or five days, mm-hmm. you know, in preparation for the vote. But we'll put them side by side, and we'll see which cast people prefer for Eight Men Out. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how many people have seen Eight Men Out, but watch it first, unlike Brandon before he came on the show, and then figure out which cast you like better. <laughs> and it's a good thing that this is audio, so nobody can see the reflection in the Justin Fields jersey of my daughter trying to dance in. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, it, it was fun, man. I, I enjoyed being here. I enjoyed doing the show with you. It was a ton of fun. I'll come back and do it anytime. We'll do any movie you want, sports movie or or not related. I'm, I'm, I'm game anytime. All right, fantastic. We'll definitely do that. And like I said, make sure everybody votes. Next time I won't pick all 12-year-olds. <laughs> Maybe I'll, we'll pick the Mighty Ducks next time. You'll actually have a decent cast. But for this one, let me give one more time. Pete, what, where can people find you? Uh, you can find manhourradio.com. You can check us out on Facebook. You can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash manhour. We are on Monday through Thursday, and then Man Hour Chicago on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Check us out on Facebook, Man Hour Chicago. All right, there you have it. And again, make sure you vote hashtag grown up baseball players. <laughs> this is Wayne G. That's all, folks. I'm really
care of it. That's all, folks. 